Hey, how's it going, guys? My name is Muladi Shazar, and you're listening to Becoming Us. So, welcome to episode 1 of Becoming Us. Since it is the first episode, I'd like to take this opportunity to give you a little bit of introduction about what is this podcast going to be and what you can expect from future episodes. But if you want to know what is the podcast going to be about in the briefest sense, you can read it in the description of this podcast. So, that's why for this episode, I'm not gonna do that. So instead, I want to do things a little bit differently here. I want to take you guys through my thought process on how I came to a decision to make this podcast. The reason why I want to make this podcast actually has a lot to do with how I felt during two phases of my life. So the first one is my childhood and the second one is my transition in Australia. So what I'm about to tell you is part of the story of how I found myself and how I stumbled upon the idea of becoming us. I hope this story, in one way or another, will inspire you to become a better version of yourself as much as it inspires me to do more for myself. So, here we go. Let's start with a little bit of introduction. So, I'm a Chinese-Indonesian descendant. I was born in Jakarta until the age of 8 and have lived in Singapore for about 8 years and then Australia for about 7 years. So, in between of that, um, I actually went to China when I was about 4 or 5 years old. I went there for 6 months. So the reason why I actually went to China is uh, because of this tragedy. If many of you already know or haven't known yet, it's called the uh, 1998 tragedy. happened in Indonesia. So according to Wikipedia is that major riots occurred in Medan, Jakarta, and Surakarta with a number of isolated incidents elsewhere. The riots were triggered by economic problems, including food shortage and mass unemployment. The main targets of the violence were ethnic Chinese Indonesian, and it was estimated that more than a thousand people died in the riots. But at least 168 cases of rape were reported, and material damage was valued at more than 3.1 trillion Indonesian rupiah. So that happened, and at that point of time, it was in the 2000s. Even though it was like two years after the incident, my family felt that they are just afraid things gonna blow up again. So we actually went to China to visit our relative as well and to kind of like take refuge over there. So I went to the local school over there. It's kind of strange. I went to the kindergarten, but I mean, it's another story to tell. So I'm not going to do that for this one, but it's a pretty interesting story. And perhaps in the future episodes, I'll definitely talk about it. And going back again. So after age of eight, um, I actually went to Singapore. My family decided that it would be a much better place to study uh, because Singapore has a better education system than Indonesia. The funny story is that actually I was tricked by my parents. They told me that we will be going for a holiday to visit my sister. At that point of time, my sister was actually studying in the National University of Singapore. So we went there for a holiday and I was like, yeah, why not? Uh, I want to go for a holiday. So we went there and stayed for one week with my sister and then after that, my parents decided to went home and they actually asked me to stay with my sister for another two weeks or so. So Staying with my sister for another two weeks was pretty good because I mean like I don't have to study. But then like my sister started asking me like, oh, what do you know about um, English? Uh, do you know any words in English? And I was like, yeah, I do. Um, but I only know like monkey, dog, that kind of, you know, very simple vocabulary. I, I couldn't even form any sentences. 
And then suddenly, after one week staying with her, my family called and they told me that you know what, hey, you're gonna be studying in Singapore. You're gonna be living there. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And and after another week staying with my sister,、uh, which was the final weeks when I was staying two weeks with her, they dropped me off with a Singaporean guardian. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Um, what is this going on? Like, I, I didn't know that I'm gonna be living by myself. I mean, like, I live with a guardian, but she's a stranger. I, I have there's no family over here. I mean, my sister is close by, but every day I'll be with my guardian, right? So. I was like shock and panic. I actually cried for two whole weeks to beg my family to let me go home, but every time they told me to try one more week. So soon weeks turned to months, turned to years, and after a year, I felt that Singapore has become bearable. So Singapore was culturally new to me, even though I have a similar background with the Chinese Singaporeans. But I do have to admit, I do have an easier time fitting in in Singapore compared to some people who I spoke to as an adult. I mean, because practically I look like a Chinese Singaporean, right? And so if I don't tell them my name or my nationality, Singaporean would probably assume that I'm Singaporean. In addition to that, I also pick up Singlish and Singaporean accents, so you know it was a perfect disguise. Well, nonetheless, transition was still hard. I mean, I did not have much difficulty in fitting in with the Singaporean society, as I mostly hang out with Singaporeans. Well, I mean, public school definitely help helps a lot. But living independently from my family at such a young age was extremely difficult for me. My guardian was practically there just to feed me and guide me a little bit in terms of how to take care of myself. But so for a very long time, I actually practically feel like an orphan. I still remember my first night staying at her place. Back home, I slept with my parents, and I would have a little light on to accompany me to sleep. But at my guardian place, I have to sleep by myself. I was allowed to use a lamp to sleep on the first night, but on the second night, I was told to sleep in the dark. The emptiness of the room resounded with how I felt at that time, lonely, and it felt like the longest night I ever had. I did not know what was happening at that time. I was confused and lost, and I felt abandoned and betrayed. I was a child, and I never knew that it would feel this terrible. But years goes by. And my heart grows further from my family until finally I can call Singapore home, but it has never been a place where I can feel belong because I felt I did not have a family at that time. Every single year, I sang the National Day Parade theme songs and looked forward to the National Day Parade, and yet I only felt a false sense of patriotism. Even as I celebrate Indonesia's National Day, I never felt any attachment to it. I look like a Singaporean. I fit in with the Singaporean society. I have a lot of friends. I won medals and loved by my peers and teachers, and yet, I still felt all alone. The more years pass, the more my family could not relate to how I feel or the way I see things. This causes the gap between me and them to widen, and so after that, we rarely spoke anymore. When I went back home for holidays, I was practically a stranger, as their understanding of who I am was before I left to Singapore. And that has always remained in their mind, unchanging. So even back home, I also felt out of place. My family was similar to a lot of Asian family. We don't talk about feelings. I tried a few times. I tried to tell them how I felt and how I see things, and they just brush it off. It was quite an awkward moment for us. So in the end, I stopped trying. The only time they truly responded to me is when I talk about happy stuff. 
It was like that for many years. We don't deal with complex feelings and we pretend that we are one big happy family. To be honest, a lot of how I felt at that time was probably clouded by my frustration and the disappointment that I hold on to. Unconsciously, I always felt betrayed and abandoned by my family. And thinking back, I realized that in some sense, that feeling would have clouded the true nature of how my family was. But at that point of time, those feelings were my truth and all I ever knew. Well, the good thing is, as I grow older and more mature, I tried to reconnect with my family. Truth to be told, it was not easy. It took me many years and I was only successful when I graduated from the university. I felt that in some sense, my family did not acknowledge my achievement because I was still a kid and did not know how to take care of myself. But after I graduated, maybe they felt that I'm an adult and I'll be able to take care of myself and so they are more receptive to my opinions now. But also perhaps, it was because I was able to finally understand that people love each other differently and in different ways. I've always wanted my family to ask me, Hey, how are you? Are you making friends in school? Or listen to how I feel whenever I felt troubled and give me some life advices. That is how I wanted to be loved. And when they did not give me that, I felt like I was not loved. But with a little growing up, I then realized that they have always loved me all along. And they love me more than I could ever love myself. They love me in such a different way. At that point of time, if you know what is love language, mine was words, but they love me with act of service. I realized that my love language for act of service became as important as words after I graduated. So it was only then I was able to see how they love me. Every time I went back to Jakarta, my mom would cook me my favorite food for days. I was always overfed, gained 10 kilo in one month. That's crazy, right? My dad would actually offer to bring me everywhere despite the inconveniences. I love durian and when I was home, after work, my dad would always try his best to find me good durians even though it was off season. Coming home from work, he would always ask me if I wanted to go out and eat with him even though he's not allowed to eat those food due to health reasons. And every time my mom finds out and scolded him about it, he would just say, it's okay, my son loves those foods. I felt deeply, deeply loved after realizing this and so I realized that sometimes, just because you can't see what you seek, that doesn't mean it's not there. That was the phase of my childhood. So going back to the timeline, I want to talk a little bit about my transition in Australia. So I graduated from secondary school in Singapore and then I actually went to Australia to get my degree. At this point, I was quite comfortable of moving around. I did it before, so I thought it would be easy, but I was wrong. Coming to Australia was when I felt a big culture shock for me for the first time. It was so different from Singapore, from the way people dress to the way people would interact with one another. It was also my first time making my own big decision. I had to decide my own path. To me back then, picking a degree is as good as setting the future. Whatever I pick, it better be good. Because once I stick to it, whatever job that comes from it, I will have to endure it for the rest of my life. If I like the job, then it will be great. But if it sucks, then it will be an eternal nightmare for me. That was what I thought back then. Exaggeration much, isn't it? <laughs> but that was my truth. In addition, I was told to obtain a permanent residency and I'm not even sure if I want to stay in Australia. I have to force myself to fit into the society even though, despite trying so many times, I just couldn't. At least not yet at that time. Actually, even now, it's still a transition for me. 
So with all that, I was carrying a huge weight on my shoulder. I felt it would have been better if I had experienced a gradual change in autonomy. Back then, I never had to think about my future or what I want to do in life. All I had to do was follow the path that has been set by my family. Every decision that I make in the past does not carry a huge consequences, unlike back then when I was choosing my degree. It was extremely hard for me at that time. In addition, my family practiced tough love, and so the way they encourage me is to put me down, so that I will be motivated to prove them wrong, but that's not how it works for me. I was already suffering from low self-esteem, and with that, my confidence in my own ability grows smaller. Long story short, I actually went through depression during my university years. A lot of it comes from me feeling lost. Despite picking a degree to pursue, I don't know if I actually like this particular degree. Now, if I went through with it, will I actually be able to get a good job out of it? At that time, I felt really alone. I felt like nobody actually understand how I feel, and no one actually went through this, and I was the only one who is going through this. I mean, I was not go- doing great in school. I couldn't fit in into the Australian society, and I constantly felt like I was an outsider. I felt guilty asking for help from my Australian professors, as I felt as an international student, I should be able to know how to take care of myself. And my Australian professors and the university staff are there to support their own people, and yet they have to deal with my problems more than their own people. This is on top of my depression, which most of the time it manifested as a constant negative cycle and thoughts that put me down every waking moment. And I have to deal with that every day. I have to keep fighting those negative thoughts constantly, and it was so draining. I don't even have any more mental strength to think of how to answer my assignments anymore. This experience makes me feel like there is something wrong with me because everyone around me at that point of time did not went through what I went through. You need to know, at that point of time, I was surrounded by overachievers who were able to successfully work, have good grades, and have a successful social life. Most of my friends are like that. They get their shit together pretty well, but not me. They do so much more than me, and they are doing fine, but not me. I was doing the minimal, and I fell into depression. I really felt that there is something wrong with me, and I felt really disappointed with myself, that I was so weak as a person. I thought I was the only one who went through this. I spoke to my best friends, and they couldn't relate to how I felt as well. So at that point of time, I really felt alone. Later on, I decided to break out from my depression. After seeing my therapist for a number of sessions, things gets better. But the nature of depression is not a disease with a one-time cure. Depression is more like a wave. It comes and goes. Like the wave that comes forth on the shore. So even after I felt that I was mentally well, I relapsed. At that point of time, my best friends have already graduated and no longer in the country. So I relied on my other friends. After speaking to a particular friend, she told me that in this world there is no isolated experience. She told me the reason why you felt all alone is because you thought no one went through what you went through. But the truth is, one way or another, there is always people who went through the same thing as you. If you feel like no one went through the same thing as you, then there is no hope, and that will be the end of it. All you can do is either accept it and feel alienated, or just fall into despair. But if you do know there is a lot of people who actually went through what you went through, then you wouldn't feel so alone anymore. Now you have hope. Because these people made it out and still going strong after this experience, it was then that I actually realized that there is actually nothing wrong with me. We go through things in phases, and everyone has different timeline. Based on these experiences, I was able to stumble upon the idea of becoming us. 
The idea of experience sharing. I felt that a lot of us in this world experience things that we thought no one went through and because of that we felt all alone. We felt that we are not understood. The first goal of becoming us is to reach out to all of you who felt that way. To all of you who felt confused, lost, or not understood, I want you to know that there is someone out there who wants to reach out and that person is me. This is me reaching out to you in hope that you will feel a little bit more understood and less lonely. Know that there is many of us who actually went through the same thing as you and still kick ass. So don't give up, hang in there. The second reason why I want to make this podcast is got to do with my passion for self-discovery and self-growth. Listening to other people's perspective and opinions has helped me refine my own opinions, thought process and life values. This definitely has helped me grow as a person. And I felt that if I can share all these stories that have helped me throughout my growth journey, perhaps it will also help other people. So I hope by listening to this podcast, you'll be able to see, to know different perspective, perhaps start a conversation about it, or even able to reflect and refine your own life. A lot of time, we all went through similar experiences, whether it was being broken off by our ex, or how it felt to be the middle child, or even the frustration that we felt as children of our parents because we couldn't see eye to eye. Many of us experience a lot of things in life that has helped us to learn a lot of valuable lessons. Whether it teach us to see different ways to love, or even teach us to be more accepting and patient as a human being. The good and the bad experiences. Sometimes, we just went through it without sharing it to anyone. Even though other people could have benefited from it by listening to your story. That is why I want to help close that gap and build a bridge. I want to tell the stories that were left untold. I want to tell your stories and how we become us. On that note, based on my personal experience, I thought that a lot of us are trying really hard to have a better life. We are all just humans. We are like a flower in the midst of a forest, trying our best to grow closer towards the sun. But often enough, we felt isolated. And because of that, we lose our sparks to dare to dream for a better tomorrow. If only we knew that there are a lot of people out there who felt the same way and still push through till the end, then I feel we will be more motivated to push through as well. Sometimes, we just need a reminder to remember how strong we are as an individual. Some of you might then ask, why name it Becoming Us? Actually, I have thought about this for a very long time. And the reason why I settled with Becoming Us is because this podcast is a collection of stories of how everyday people go through problems that we all share. I felt that this is also a collective journey of becoming who we are individually as a person. So I thought by titling the podcast Becoming Us, you'll feel a little bit more relatable as a lot of the story is based on personal journey on how we get here, how we constantly change and evolve and eventually becoming us individually. And that's the reason why I want to do this podcast. So what can you expect from this podcast in the future? So basically how I would accomplish the goals of this podcast is through telling my own personal story and experience. But mostly I would bring in guests to talk about their similar experiences. This podcast would touch topics on life issues, personal stories, and different perspectives. Topics such as sense of belonging, family, culture, self-worth, identity, love, and everything in between. So just a little snippet, perhaps a lot of the topic we'll be exploring in this podcast will be like, for example, should we give our children autonomy to choose their profession or should we help to set one for them? We all know that the world is becoming more global, so it is harder for us to feel belong to a single place. So what does feeling belong means to you? How do you deal with the cultural differences back at home? How do you love? And so we'll be covering lots of other interesting topics in this podcast.
I would also like to put a little disclaimer. A lot of what I cover in this podcast will be subjected through my lens and through my own culture, and so a lot of the topics covered in this podcast will have a flavor of Eastern and Western values. But before I end, I want to ask you guys, what was your childhood like? Do you have a happy childhood? Or did you have a childhood that teaches you so many things about life? I would love to hear about your childhood story, so come and join me at the after party. It's at the comment section of my Instagram post. So it's at Becoming Us. So it's Becoming Us without a G. So thank you once again for listening and I hope you are excited for our next episode. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe to this podcast and check out my Instagram for more info on Becoming Us. I would love to discuss all these topics with you or if there are any topics that you would like me to talk about or discuss, please feel free to DM me at Becoming Us. Can't wait to see you there. As always, see you soon.